is passionate about cars with Steve Kennard, teaching drivers how to survive the world of modern motoring and imparting wisdom to the next generation of motor technicians. So here I am at uh, First Class Garage. Hello Steve, how are you? Yeah, fine Andy. It's a lovely sunny morning. What's been happening on the shop floor then? We've had um, a run of engine changes. Um, Probably over the last sort of three weeks, uh, we've we've had uh, about ten vehicles in for engine changes, which is, you know, it's, it's quite a high sort of proportion really. When... Didn't when we have a run of this, these a few episodes ago as well, I seem to remember. Yeah. And I was blaming the ash cloud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Um, no, I, this really, uh, majority of these engines are down to lack of maintenance. And, uh, and I think this is, this is what's happening now. You know, pe- people are just um, either afraid to lift the bonnet or don't know how to lift the bonnet to check the levels. Too many people are relying on the lights and the gauges inside the car. Um, and, and I've said before that the, the lights themselves uh, are what I'd call too late lights. Mm-hmm. You know, when the light comes on, it's too late, damage is done. Um, and, and of course, it's with, with the current economic situation, you know, a lot of people have been uh, holding back on servicings or missing servicings out. Um, so put that lot together and it's a recipe for uh, one or two disasters. And that's what's been happening. Um, you know, as you can see here, you know, there's, there's engines sat here waiting to be fitted. Ooh, uh, nice shiny new engines, yeah. Yeah, uh, there's one there, one of the guys just um, changing all the bits over on a, a Mitsubishi L200. And that's one of two that we got in at the moment. Um, both of them have done around 50,000 miles. Mm. Um, and they've both, uh, that particular one there has had a, a serious blow. And believe it or not, it, it was still actually running. It's got a hole in the side of the block. Um, Conrod, can, can we go and have a look? Yeah, of course we can. Um, Conrod sitting in the sump, mm-hmm. and it came in still running. I mean, it was spewing oil everywhere, of course, that, that was left in it. But So this was basically due to what, oil running out? It, this was uh, really down to uh, maintenance issues, really. I mean, you know, uh, with the diesels, if it's, uh, if it's not regular oil changing mm. um, oil pick up pipes tend to get a little bit gummed up mm. um, take it up the motorway and you know consequently uh, lack of oil feed to everywhere it's something's got to give it needs lubrication so I can see the spoils of war here Steve this is a sort of mangled uh, uh, is that called a big end that bit there no uh, that's, that's Conrod uh, should be straight it's actually concertina in the middle like a cartoon yeah it's um it, it is. It's, it's a shame you, you sort of haven't got pictures of it. You know, you can transmit. Well, I've always said, Steve, this should be a video podcast, you know. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, maybe that's the way to go. Um, but, but this is uh, just totally destroyed. And, and if you think the amount of power it would take to uh, oh, yeah. destroy that. It literally looks like on a cartoon, you know, when a cat gets splattered and, mm. then, and then the thing falls away and you get like a concertina cat. There's a concertina conrod. Yeah, yeah. And this, this was laying in the sump when we took it apart but the engine was still actually running you know which is That's amazing it is really um, Does it make, was it a bit noisy Steve yeah <laughs> you, you could say that um, Ooh, I'm walking under a huge 4x4 here dare oh well Steve's doing it it must be safe mm. that's the hole in the side of the block uh, there is a massive hole where that, <laughs> that Conrod has decided to part company and it's mm. sort of shot out the side of the engine um, and the whole thing's totally useless and, and of course once the engine gets to that stage 
Um, the, a lot of the companies you buy replacement engines from, the surcharge is involved. Uh, and the surcharge means that the old unit was supposed to return to the company that supply the engine uh, for them to rebuild. But of course, that particular one there is no good for rebuild, so a surcharge is going to apply. So you've got the cost of the engine. Is this to do with wastage, getting rid of it and stuff? Um, yeah, a little bit. But I mean, a lot of these the engines, you know, they'll, they'll go back, they'll get stripped at various places um, and they'll get reconditioned, put on the shelf and sent out and sold out as reconditioned units. Okay. Um, and, and that's what we're going to be fitting to that one there. Now, is there a reason we've walked over to this Mercedes, Steve? Uh, no, not really. We it was just, just random, was it? Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> ju- we just happened to stop by this this particular um, vehicle here. Now, this, this one here has got a bit of a common problem, not not running very well, um, but it's um, it, it's got a problem with the airflow meter. Uh, not very expensive. Um, you know, they're around about sort of 50, 60 quid for an airflow meter, which is relatively cheap um, for, for that sort of thing nowadays. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get that sorted. This person wants a car back today. Uh, they're going up north in it tomorrow. So, What are the symptoms yeah. of a, a dodgy airflow meter, Steve? Um, it, it would just generally, they, they tend not to run very nicely. You know, they're not very smooth. Um, usually brings a management light up on the dash. Um, and it just everything just goes out of kilter most of the management systems if you get one of the sensors go down um, anywhere on it it will have a knock on effect Um, you know that will send an incorrect signal to the ECU which is a main control unit which in turn then sends incorrect signals out to other components So, so the whole thing tends to just sort of go almost like a base sort of factory setting and it, mm. and it limps along a little bit mm. you know um, but certainly you know with an airflow meter goes down it'll lose power um, and y- you you would have quite a noticeable difference in the way it drives Do they suddenly fail Steve or gradually fail? Yeah, very often a lot of these electrical components um, can just suddenly fail like anything electrical mm. you know you can switch your TV on absolutely fine it can be as good as gold for years mm. and then one time you switch it on and it won't come on yeah. something's just failed inside like anything electrical you know it's no different with any car electrics they'll just fail mm. simple as that um, very often they'll, they'll become intermittent so if you've got some sort of bad connection um, then it can be working okay and then it will go off and it might come back again and go off again so, so you get an intermittent fault um, and these are the ones that tend to give the garages lots of grief because they'll come into us and they'll be running fine everything will work fine and it's very difficult to fault something that is actually working okay. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's difficult to recreate the problem, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's how it is. So, so you know, it's, it's again the old dentist syndrome. You know, you go to the dentist, say, which tooth is it? Say, well, it doesn't hurt now. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm at the dentist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, that, that's it. It's, there's the normal other issues and problems we've got in at the moment. Um, you know, but but yeah, it was just particularly having quite a bit of a run on engines, you know. So, um. now Steve, uh, just um, I know that we, we need the rant section of the show, and uh, just in seven minutes and a five minutes, if you can, you've been to see a politician, haven't you? Recently, you went to a meeting. Tell us, tell us about this. 
Yeah, I was uh, involved. I was invited to go along and um, uh, sit at a meeting when um, none other than David Cameron come down uh, to Hove Town Hall. Our Prime Minister. Exactly, our Prime Minister. Um, and um, I, I did actually uh, ask him a question. I was invited to ask him a question. I sat right in the, the sort of front row there um, uh, and did get my uh, face on the... the TV and the news and that sort of thing but you know um, hasn't changed my life though what was the question Steve the question no it, it this was uh, really about the unemployed and uh, about small businesses you know I mean the government goes on about the country being a, a country of small businesses um, and, uh, and my sort of question to him was um, about the, uh, the the people that are unemployed, you know, we've got a, a huge amount of people out there that have got various skills that are unemployed that can't get jobs. Um, and um, my idea really was to ask why he couldn't set up some sort of agency style of work. We've spoken about this before, haven't we? With yeah. the unemployed. Um, you know, whether it didn't come across right at that particular time, because unfortunately... Um, I only got the opportunity to put my question across. He answered it, but I didn't get the opportunity to correct uh, one or two sort of things that he said. Uh, this was due to a previous person that asked the question initially and um, tended to hog quite a bit of time, so they just kept taking the mic away from people. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would still like for them to look at that idea. I mean, they, they say that we've got this job seeker plus, but that's not exactly what I was, um, you know, talking about. Um, you know, as a small business, if I've got guys going off on leave or holidays, um, it will affect the way we run the place because we can't take on the work if I'm down on manpower. You know, if I get one guy or two guys out of here, we're, we're quite a high percentage of manpower down. So the idea is like a reservoir of, of people that you could call on? Absolutely. I mean, if you were able to then phone up, say, the local job centre and say, I'm looking for a technician to cover for a fortnight, they could then say, yes, we've got X amount on our books, inform those people um, and give them our phone number to phone us up. We could then uh, have them in, get somebody in and say, like, yep, fine, you can, uh, you know, if you can do cover the two weeks. If that person's good enough, there's good opportunity for them to perhaps stay on full time um, because the businesses would not then have to um, cut back on the amount of work they can take in um, because of the lack of manpower. They could continue mm. if they've got the work, um, but also it would give the person that's unemployed um, the, the feeling of worth, you know, just keep into that job ethics, you know, the work ethics side of things. Um, and at the same time, whilst he was working for us, he wouldn't be claiming um, the benefits because mm. he'd be getting a wage, mm. albeit only for, say, two weeks. Mm. But it, the, the thing is, he would need to be able to be fast-tracked in and out of the system because mm. the big drawback with the unemployed is, is the reams of paperwork they have to constantly fill in. So if they were able to, say, have like a credit card um, type of system with their national insurance number as a reference number, so that's unique to everybody, 
they could then fast track in and out of the unemployment system if they signed up for this um, like an agency style of, of, um, of working. So, so it would ultimately save the country millions of pounds a year in unemployment benefits. Uh, it would help the businesses that can't afford to go to the, um, the agencies that are out there that, that usually cater for the larger businesses um, but the smaller businesses can't afford agency rates you know and that's it's that sort of middle of the road type of problem um, that would take care and answer quite a few questions and tick quite a few boxes for a lot of people can you remember what response you got from Mr Cameron well his, his response was that we already have that system as job seeker plus but of course I was not able to reply to him and say no I understand what you're talking about but I can't this is not a job seeker plus system that I'm looking at this is something slightly different um, job seeker plus plus it, it would it would benefit people all round to yeah. be quite honest um, and it would certainly give a lot of the unemployed the opportunity to work within various businesses and companies and improve their worth and if, if they are that good I'm sure there's an awful lot of them out there that would gain you know employment out of it um, it's there to be done but it, it, obviously it needs a little bit of tweaking here and there um, but I still feel that you could do that you could set it up very very easily um, and it could be run at uh, very little cost really because the the people are there you know the, the job centres are there you, everybody registers their skills at the job centre you know to say what sort of work they're looking for uh, everybody's got a national insurance number it wouldn't be too much to have a credit card type of thing to fast track people in and out. This, this is the problem where people come off of the system, they've then faced with filling out loads and loads of forms and it takes ages for them to be able to get the benefits back where, you know, if they go back into the system. So they need to be fast tracked. Maybe this is a, an idea we should put out to the listeners and if you think this is a good idea, leave a comment on the website at www.passionate-about-cars.com and uh, tell us what you think. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be a good idea to, to judge people's response to it and, and see what they think. As I say, you know, this is just the, the basic idea. Needs a bit of tweaking here and there, but I'm sure it will work in the long run. Well, Steve Kennard of First Class Garage in Kemptown, Brighton, UK. Thank you very, very much indeed. Okay, cheers, Andy. Thanks for listening to Passionate About Cars. Visit the podcast website at passionate-about-cars.com and Steve's excellent garage, First Class Garage, can be found at www.1stclassgarage.co.uk. 